Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. There. Is that a foreign voice? Is that a is that an old voice? I know. It's How's everybody been doing? Yes, we are back in the studio. Finally, the three of us, Michael. Shauna and Jeremy. Jeremy, it's all been three a, of us together again. It has been a long time, three a very long amigos. time. We're excited the fact that we get to sit here. It's uh, been over six months. I hope you guys are missing us too. Yeah, right. It, 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 yeah. Do you have any listeners emailing you saying where are you? Surprisingly, nobody was like, "Hey, what? where's Shauna?" Yeah, <laughs> they weren't. No, there was. Man, there was none of that. Come it was on, more, listener, show it, me some love. Yeah, no, it was more topically driven. But Fine. Uh, the the. the <laughs> The inquiries um, and questions, but uh, I figured it, they would like be protesting. You know, like there's a huge petition going on in DFW of where's Shauna? We want her back on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> not so much. Not so much. <laughs> All right, not so oh, much. Well. No, it's good. But we're excited, guys. We yeah. uh, we uh, are going to take some time uh, to get into some psalms, and uh, I'm going to actually let Shauna introduce that. Piece. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the the series. This is going to be kind of the first one of a few that we're going to do. When I accepted the role as executive director with ABC back in 2019, one of the things I was really excited about that Jeremy was incredibly supportive of was to uh, add a pre-conference back to our annual conference called to Council. And just a little plug, it's coming up in yeah, April. Yeah, what's the so dates on that? April 21st to the 23rd. All Go right. to calledtocouncil.com if you have not registered yet. But we added a pre-conference, and the whole point of the pre-conference is to help counselors learn how to counsel through Scripture. And we started out with four, uh, four com- like four pre-conference sessions, right? Four different speakers in 2020 of specific with the Psalms, right? So just taking the Psalms, how are you using a Psalms in a counseling session? How are you giving the Psalms as after session assignments? And then last year we did counseling through the Bible narrative specific to the Old Testament. And then this year coming up in April, we're actually going to do counseling through scripture and with New Testament passages. So as a counselor, biblical counselor myself, I'm excited. I was excited about creating this at the conference, but then also realizing like four sessions just really aren't enough, right? I mean, if if anyone's going to be like me, they're going to be hungry for more. And so Jeremy and I worked together to create a resource. So we actually have a book that we asked a lot of our ministry partners and just friends in the counseling world to contribute to, to actually kind of take this structure, this template that says, hey, give a, a quick summary of a particular Psalms of your choosing. And some of them had actually duplicates and stuff. And then say, hey, how would you actually use this in a counseling session? And then what would you actually give as an after session assignment? And so we had a, a lot of people contribute to that, which is really cool. And so we composed a book. And so if you don't already have that book, you can go to our ABC store at christiancounseling.com and purchase that one. We have the Bible narratives book that's available, and then we'll have a New Testament one coming up for this conference. But what I thought would be good for us, like in a new podcast series with us coming back to uh, together was to say, okay, hey, let's just take a couple of the Psalms from the book and do it on the podcast, because some of you counselors are audio learners and really learn in this particular way of how to use a Psalms in a counseling room. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to walk through Psalms 139. And this is actually one of the submissions that Jeremy did. So I guess a great way to start us out on is, is Jeremy's submission and he's Jeremy how long have you been a counselor how many years uh, now do you know just over 20 years 20 years mm-hmm. okay so we're Two about decades. to glean mm-hmm. yeah from 20 years of experience but 
Psalms 139 is, is you know, it's, it's a chapter with about 24 verses. And he really walked us through 12 uh, verses within this particular passage. So, and there's, and just so you know, just, I don't really think I have to say this, but just in case, as we're going through this series, there's going to be so many different ways that you can use a particular chapter of the Psalms in counseling, right? It's, it can apply to a variety of, a variety of issues. But what we are trying to do is just to say, hey, let's just do it in different ways, right? Let's just interact with the scripture in different ways, teach you different ways. And then obviously you can kind of make it your own. And so, yeah. So Jeremy, I'll kind of throw it back over to you now on Psalms 139. Yeah. So something that I often encounter in counseling is people don't really often don't know how to personalize scripture Mm -hmm. for their own struggle. Mm -hmm. And as you said, this, this Psalm is not a Psalm that is about anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not that. It's a psalm about God and yeah. his intimate connection to us in all of our struggles and and those moments when we're not struggling. Yeah. Um and so but what I what I like to do with people to help just in session teach them how to personalize uh, scripture to their specific issues is we'll read a couple of verses together out loud. I'll have them read uh and then I'll give them an example of a prayer that might personalize that passage to the specific issue that they're wrestling with. So in this mm-hmm. case, um, this uh, if I had someone who was struggling with anxiety, I might go over this psalm, Psalm 139, and have them read and then basically read out a prayer to them that would help them connect this psalm to their own hearts. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, because mm-hmm. guess what we can do right here on the podcast? I'll read a couple of the verses, and then you can kind of you know go over that prayer that you were just alluding to. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I'll... Uh, yeah, like mo- role play here. Model yeah, a little it for role us. Play. What would this look like in the room? Yeah, you counselors know what I'm talking about, right? You, Are you struggling with anxiety, Michael? I don't maybe. know. Well, maybe after this. <laughs> All right. All right, so Psalm 139, the first two verses. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Man, those are a couple good verses. So what would you do, Jeremy, in that prayer piece? Yeah, so I I might just read this prayer to the counselee and and process it with them a bit. Uh, Prayer for verses 1 and 2 might sound like this. God, you are intimately aware of my most inner struggles, and you understand and care about my battle with anxiety. As I recall this, I am reminded that you are continually with me during this very difficult, often paralyzing season. You are here right now. You, the God of all comfort, is with me in this moment. I am not alone. And then I might ask the counselee, how does that strike them? How does that that the words of the psalmist, as well as that prayer, how does that hit them? Mm-hmm. Uh, for some people, they might feel that's very comforting. Uh, but for others, they may feel that it was very distant and they're not really experiencing that presence. And that can become something that we begin to process and talk through in a counseling session. Mm-hmm. I mean, immediately one of the things I, that stick out to me is that you know me, you know, and I'm not alone. That yes. which immediately provides comfort in what I'm struggling with. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then would you just continue through through the verses mm-hmm. and just pick up with verse three? Yeah. One, yeah. Once we, you know, process how that uh, those two verses impacted them or how how they felt as we were reading through that, uh, yeah, we would just continue throughout the psalm. So how <laughs> how would you do verses seven and eight? Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in shield, you are there. Yeah, and you know, ang- that's that's a very pertinent verse to people that struggle with anxiety because mm-hmm. they are very much often on this quest for escape, uh, or they may feel that in their anxiety um, that God is distant from them yeah. and mm-hmm. that they're very much isolated in that struggle. 
Uh, so a prayer that we might that we might be able to construct from verses seven through ten. Um, God, when I am in the midst of extreme panic and fear, my perception is often distorted. I embrace the illusion that I'm operating alone in the universe. I believe thoughts that make me feel like I have been cast into the very depths of hell or that I'm isolated as though plunged into the deepest caverns of the ocean, Mm. confined, hidden, secluded, and even forsaken. Yet such thinking opposes your unfailing word that assures me, even when my mind is confined by the chaos of disbelief, you are holding me with an immovable grip of faithfulness, grace, and love. I am not alone. So again, in that battle with anxious thoughts and anxious feelings, helping people recognize um, that our minds and our hearts can deceive us. And the psalmist tells us that even if, if, I'm, if I try or, or assume that I'm far from you, it's not true. You are here. You are with me. You, you are, I, I'm not alone in this. And anxiety often makes people feel that they're alone. Um, mm-hmm. And they get really lost in their own thinking. So I want them to absorb Scripture into their thinking and begin to reconstruct uh, thought processes that align more with the truth of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's pretty interesting and, frankly, awesome that prayer kind of helps reorient that, right? Because mm-hmm. it is a conversation. It, it is realigning your thought process. Yes. And helping them understand that that's what prayer, that that's really a, a function, a purpose of prayer. Yes. They just don't see it in the moment. They don't no. realize it. So. And something, something that we know also, when we pray, just that act in and of itself of, of getting our minds centered on God, uh, getting our minds centered on His truth, uh, just from a neurological perspective, that's, it's very impactful yeah. uh, for people that struggle with anxiety. So, yeah, having people centered on truth and centered on God is extremely important uh, when treating people who are struggling with obsessive thinking or racing thoughts. And you can never go wrong with praying scripture. No. Right? I mean, tons of people would come that maybe are new to faith or just struggle in prayer. And it's like, hey, the best way to start is taking scripture and turn it into prayer. Yes. But oftentimes we might need, as a counselor, give examples. You know, just, hey, this is how easy it is. And so doing that in a counseling session, taking the time to help your counselee interact with the scripture in this way, or or maybe you have other creative ways that you do that, but to take the scripture and then help them to see, like, this is your prayer is such a blessing that will carry them forward way past our time with them in counseling. Right? Yeah, and, and, and in this prayer, I also want them, I want their hearts to come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So I might stop at, at the end of this and say, you know, this this last sentence in this prayer says that you are holding me with an immovable grip of faithfulness, grace, and love. When I read that, what goes through your mind? Do you doubt that statement? Does that statement draw you closer to the Lord? And then we just begin to talk and evaluate uh, how their hearts are uh, interacting with the truth of the Bible, because they're not always going to, you know, we may read this prayer in session, and it may not bring comfort to them. And that's something that we want to talk about in counseling. Yeah, it's interesting how that exposes either way, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's always truth does that. Mm-hmm. And engaging with God's word, and yeah, that that is really helpful. But it, it is interesting though when you open up the word and and whether you kind of pray back scripture, Shauna, to your point, or Jeremy, like you're saying, it's interesting how a lot of people this isn't their first go to. You know, when they're no. they're struggling and wrestling with things, they. You know, they're completely in the flesh, um, and their thoughts clearly are there as well. And so there's there's something uh, just really powerful in the opportunity of being able to to lead them and draw them into the Word and help them see something that they've 
probably forgotten. Yes. So, yes, that's good. It's really good. Well, and just good for us personally, right? Where I can often try to not intentionally, but realize, wow, I'm doing this in my own strength right now. And this Psalms really grounds me back to saying, you know, God knows my habits. He knows my thoughts. He knows my ways. And really just going to him with that. One of the things I seek to do as a biblical counselor is to really identify those passages that are like fundamentals, you know, so even before we're getting to the topic discussion where I love how you use this specific to anxiety. So it's great to see that particular example. But this is actually a Psalm that I use more as a fundamental too, to where it's just pointing the counselee to God. You know, and and you can look at this particular passage with any variety of things that they're actually going through, because this talks about how God is all knowing and he's all present and he's all powerful and that he's sovereign. And so what a sweet passage. If you are a new biblical counselor, this actually might be a passage to go to kind of how Jeremy did it with the use of prayer, but then even just studying and knowing it well on what it's you know communicating about God to use that based on or anything that someone, you know, is actually struggling with kind of like a basic passage that you always go to, no matter kind of what is going on in that, you know, female or I guess Michael with you males lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And it just, it is fundamental in the sense that, I mean, cause that's even to your point, Jeremy and Shana, what you're saying, it's like, we're always bringing, we're confronting them with the idea of who God is and how they see themselves in light of who God is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it's just, it's, it's super helpful. And so, uh, and then what about like after, uh, you know, like after session? So say, okay, we've, we've, were you going to say anything nope. else with in session? No, okay. So just kind of transitioning one of the important, you know, elements of this resource that we created was, okay, here's how examples of ways that you can use this particular passage in, in counseling, like in the counseling room, but it is very important for us to give solid biblical homework, you know, mm-hmm. growth assignments or growth plans that I like to call them for the council lead to spend time with the Lord on their own because really that's that's the the strength of the counseling process right when they're dependent on the lord they're going to the lord themselves they're creating new habits in their own life and so it's important for us to take what we're, we what we interacted with them in the counseling room and then encouraging them to apply that in their life so jeremy how would you maybe encourage the the counselor to encourage the counselee in an after session assignment yeah, so, so once um, you go through the prayers in session, you can uh, take this resource, make a copy, and actually send it home with uh, mm-hmm. the person that you're counseling. And it's got uh, several questions that the counselee can consider throughout the week that are included on the resource. Um, one of those being that maybe they read back through the prayers and identify the statements and sentences throughout that most comfort them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might ask them also to journal on why that's so comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, uh, I might also ask them which statements are challenging for them to accept. Mm-hmm. Um, why are they challenging? And then maybe even write this out in a prayer mm-hmm. uh, uh, through journaling. Because they might be wrestling with God, right, yeah. in yeah. general. And so we want to know their heart on that. That's right. That's you good. know. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the Bible is like a double-edged sword and it is exposing the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so when people are, are reading through scripture or reading through prayers that align with scripture, it could expose some things that they are needing to see that could be exacerbating the problem that they're having. Uh, so there are, there are several questions here that I would have them go journal throughout the week. They may get to one or two of them, but I would want them to bring that back. It's not unusual for me to ask someone to bring the journal back to counseling mm-hmm. and read it out loud to us, because in in doing that, we're getting a real-time uh, perspective of what was going on mm-hmm. with them five days ago mm-hmm. versus them trying to reflect back and try to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a lot of times those journals bring a lot of good raw information to the table. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. Yeah, Michael, that's is good. there any other way you would possibly use it after session? Uh, no, I th- that's pretty much what I would do. Um, just depending on obviously what really kind of the nature and I guess degree uh, mm-hmm. that they're wrestling with, but it's usually um, spending time in session. If I could tell that they don't really have a solid fundamental framework of the word, um, then I'm going to try to do more in session uh, because typically when they go out of session, it's not as robust or the, the engagement level is not nearly as, as, as much as it could be because they don't, they don't have a working knowledge of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Of the scriptures. And so just depending on what that looks like, I'll spend time with them in, in the counseling room or I'll spend more time giving them more uh, growth assignments as it relates to the scriptures. Yeah. And, so. and something else, when, when we're dealing with people with anxiety, we want to highlight a couple of things to them as they're going through something like this. Anxiety, most uncomfortable emotions, people do this, but for sure with anxiety, people develop habits that in the short term may feel comforting, but in the long term are is actually going to be destructive in their lives. So right. it's not unusual for someone who struggles with anxiety to pop a Xanax several times a day. Uh, Very, very unhealthy. Uh, But at least in the moment, they're not feeling anxious. So we want to highlight to people, anxiety creates habit. And your habits are going to either be sowing to life or sowing to death. And so a new habit that we're pointing them to in the midst of anxiety is prayer. And we want to encourage people that is going to require you to tolerate discomfort. This prayer is not about making uh, the butterflies go away in your stomach. It's not about a physiological change. It's not about your anxiety dissipating immediately. It's about you entering into the presence of God with your anxiety. And as they, as they learn to tolerate that with a God-glorifying habit, of moving towards their creator. In the short term, that's going to be far more challenging. Long term, it's going to bring life. Mm. And then in that process, we want to tell people that they're almost guaranteed, except by a move of the Holy Spirit, they're almost guaranteed to experience what we call dissonance. In other words, as they're trying to embrace new beliefs, embrace new thoughts, their heart or their feeling may feel far from those new thoughts. In other words, they may just, it may not feel that those thoughts are true. Right. That's part of the process. They have to continue to exercise truth over and over and over. And and over time, I guess on on the street level, we call it going from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's going to be a part of the process, but they've got to persevere in the short term with that dissonance, depending on the Holy Spirit, that he will bring that truth close to their heart at some point. Yeah. Because the the fear, right? You were talking about that level of habituation in anxiety. Mm is because it's fear. So anything that brings them closer to that fear or experiencing the very thing that they're fearing, mm-hmm. they're going to obviously pop a pill or whatever it is to yeah. alleviate that yeah. instead of actually drawing towards life, which, you know, David and obviously others of the Psalms where they talk about Psalm 19 is very good about that in his word and how it actually mm. enlivens the soul and enlightens the eyes. And see, his mm-hmm. language is very descriptive there and what that does to the soul especially to those who are full of anxiety. Hey, that's another podcast. Don't yes, that's Psalm 19, but we're not talking about that but yet. The point is, is it's all relevant. Yeah. Like it all, mm-hmm. you know, it all, it all connects together. But I think that that is a good point, Jeremy, if, you know, for those of you out there who are currently uh, working with those who are experiencing anxiety, that that's a, that's a, that's a big point to help them realize because like to Jeremy's point, when they're experiencing that discomfort, um, 
the idea of, wait, so you actually want me to experience that? Mm-hmm. Why would you, you know what I mean? So like yeah. there is a thought process that it's a little, they're, they're not coming willingly in that sense. You know, they're, they're going to resist it a little bit. Yes. And so we just got to be persistent in. Yeah. We want to, we want to encourage them to persevere and embrace the idea that some of these thoughts and some of these passages may feel very distant in the beginning, but that's part of the process. If we don't tell people that what they'll do, they'll go for a week and try what we've asked them mm-hmm. to do. It's not quote working. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to the other half. Habits. Right. Yep. That's really good. Man, there's a lot already in just this 20 minutes that you can glean from. And so we hope this is helpful for you. And we're going to continue to do podcasts like this using additional Psalms. Now, remember, we're not talking about everything. We didn't even Mm -mm. talk today about everything on how Psalms 129, just this, or 139, this one chapter can be used. Mm -mm. So, um, you know, study it for yourself, go in depth, you know, find new ways that you can use this within the counseling room. Two just practical tips and wrapping up that I would communicate, um, or just, I just wanted to share with you is the journal aspect. Um, It's not about asking your counselee to sit down one day and journal the entire Psalms and turn it into a prayer. But the way that Jeremy, you know, you'll see on this handout is just taking a couple of of scripture, you know, a couple of the verses at a time. So it's okay to ask your counselee just, you know, each day of the week, take two verses and just sit down with just those two and read them and reread them, pray them, write them down, journal your thoughts, journal how that's impacting you, what's going on in your heart in this particular moment in the next day do the next two verses and so it's like you're encouraging them to slowly work through the passage the other thing you can do is actually copy this psalms on uh, like a word document and have the psalms ready for you in the counseling session and or for that after session assignment and so that way they can immediately write on the piece of paper write on, you know on the scripture circle the words that are standing out to them or as they define them and have them bring that back to the counseling session with you because some people might not be ready or comfortable to actually write right in their Bible, right? And so if you already have that ready for them, that eliminates them having to figure that out when they get home. So just two practical tips there. But anyway, it's so good to be with you again and with obviously uh, my favorite guys. And so just have a great week and thanks for joining us on Speak the Truth.